Oh, well, good morning, everybody. It's, it's so lovely to see all your lovely faces from up here. You need to come and try it sometime. <laughs> but not today. <laughs> I get to talk today. Um, we're back on our cultivating your core. I'm not sure. Does this work if I point it up here? To the back. Okay, yep. We'll give it a go. My first nervous thing today was that I forget that the clocks went forward. I have managed to turn up the wrong time twice. Once I did it and I came an hour early. Not here. It's a long time ago. And another time I came an hour late. And I have to say, coming an hour early is a lot easier to hide than coming an hour late. Um, and my next nervous thing was... Um, putting this thing on, but thank you very much for your help. If it falls off, I'll carry on talking, but just very loud. Um, and the third thing is, would I make this work? But, but here we go. So we're back on our cultivating at your core, learning how to be really strong in the, the things that make us who we are as the children of God. So we've, we've heard about faith, we've heard about hope. So can you guess what today is? Faith, hope, and Love, you are right, I can go home. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about love. So only a little subject, but, but what a subject. <laughs> What's a subject? You know, just knowing that you are totally loved by the Son of God, totally loved by Father God, totally loved by Holy Spirit, who's come to dwell inside of you if you belong to him. Isn't that just absolutely amazing? I mean, love is, we all love love, don't we? And you know, in the last, the last month, is it, of um, all the stuff coming out of Ukraine, hasn't it been those little acts of kindness, the, the Poles who are receiving the refugees, the Romanians, the, the people from Moldova who've, who've welcomed them, those acts of kindness, they're like little gems, aren't they, in the darkness. It's what we aspire to. And we know it's our foundation, it's, it's our strength. I spent, quite, uh, I spent a little while living in Romania many, many, many years ago when Romania was coming out of a dictatorship and people were discovering the state of the, 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 the orphanages and the children in there. Some of you older ones might remember how that happened. And I, I used to visit an orphanage quite regularly. And a lot of studies were done at that time that showed that babies who, even though they were being fed, they were being clothed, I mean it wasn't brilliant care but it was physical care they didn't get the nurture that they needed and they didn't thrive we thrive on love don't we we thrive on it and, and, and it's, it's our message, I mean how beautiful for me to, to stand and to say and for us to go out on the streets and say there's a God who loves you so much he knows all the hairs on your head he knows everything you've done and he's been silently planning for you in love since the day he created you. I've got a hair sticking through this thing. But um, it's just amazing, isn't it? It's our message is, is a, a brilliant message. And it's true. We know it's true. And we have the command and the mandate and the model of Jesus himself that we are to love God with everything that we've got within us. We're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We're even to love our enemies, because that's what our Father does. He loves and loves and loves. And we need to be so sure of that love, don't we? We, we need to know his love. And that's what this morning is about, about knowing his love and then for that love to reach out through, to others through us. So I want to dive right in to... Oh, I can't read it from there. <laughs> made the same mistake as you, Colin. <laughs> 
So I've got it on my phone here. I'll read it from... No, I won't. I'll read it from there. Dear friends, let us love one another. This is the first letter that John wrote. Um, You can see it's chapter 4 if you want to follow it in your own Bible. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Simple as that, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Where could there be another God like that? What religion is there apart from our faith that says that God laid down his life, came in the form of Jesus and laid down his life for sinners? You know, every other religion that I know of says you have to work for the love of God. You have to earn it. I did nothing to earn the love of God, and nor did you. It's there as a gift for us. Isn't that amazing? Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Now, that's amazing, too, that we can't see God, but... I see God through the love that you show me. And some of you, you are so brilliant at showing love. Thank you to everyone who's shown love to me in this place. Just looking around, you know who you are, and thank you. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He's given us of his spirit. And we've seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. I know it's a long bit for a Sunday morning, but Holy Spirit will speak through his word. This this is the verse that I wanted to land on and want you to notice. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. We love because he first loved us. So this is what I want to talk about, about knowing the love of God and relying on it. That's the same word as the word for faith and trust. And then what comes from that is that we live in love. And John didn't get this out of his own head. It's straight from Jesus. Jesus said that if we live in his love, if we live in him, our joy will be complete. Well, I want joy, don't you? Yes, please. And Jesus also said that if we live in him, live in his love, We'll be fruitful, and I want that too. So, yeah, this is, this is what we want, isn't it? We love because he first loved us. You know, I, I grew up going to church. I was, um, yeah, in a church-going family, let's say, and I didn't have a great conversion experience. You know, I wasn't a gangster, and then I knew the love of God and everything changed. It wasn't like that for me. I don't remember a time when I didn't know that God loved me, but a lot of that time it was in my head, It wasn't quite in my heart. And I'd have these encounters with the love of God that surprised me every time. Whoop, he really does love me. You know, that's how it went on. And I I, I think of my mum. She used to take me to Sunday school. And before we went in, she'd always give me a penny or two to put in the collection. And for me, that's what God does. I gave because she gave to me. And when it comes to love, 
God gives to me so I can give out. And that's how I find it is with God, that he calls us into the center of his amazing love for us. Love like no one has ever known anywhere else. Think of the biggest loves you know in your life. Maybe your partner or your children or your grandchildren. Think of what you would not do for that person that you love. Could we love any less? I mean, no, the wrong way around. Could we love any more than God loves us? We couldn't, could we? It's come from him. It was his idea in the first place. You think of that hugest love in your life. I'm thinking about my God-grandchildren when I say that. I'd do anything for them. That love came from him. It's like, you know, our loves, our biggest loves, are a bit like a candle to the sun compared with God's love. And he invites us right into that love that he has, right into the center of it, right into his family, And he says to us, you belong now. Let me love you. And then that love, what it's meant to do is to pour out onto each other, onto the world out there, onto the difficult people out there. And because it does get hard, doesn't it? You know, life gets tough. We get tired. We get disappointed. we We get distracted by stuff. And we need to know the love of God. So I just want to tell you briefly about what's been happening for me in the last little while. I've, I've been trying to sell my house to move up closer to the God-grandchildren. Um, um, I've been trying for about seven months. It has gone on and on and on. And other people have been selling their houses and going to exactly where I want to go. And my house still doesn't have any offers on it. Well, it does have one, but the, the man who offered offered less than I paid for it. And he can't get a mortgage. So... <laughs> So, you know, that's been, I know in the grand scheme of things, that is nothing. I have a house. I have a roof. I didn't have any heating or hot water yesterday. I have this morning. So, you know, it's it's no big deal. But it has been a big deal. And it's brought up all sorts of frustrations and insecurities. And, God, why is this happening? You're, You're good at timing. What is going on? But God has really been blessing me through it, through this time, because he's teaching me about this verse, about knowing and relying on the love that he has. And two weeks ago, it got worse. This house that I don't want to be in anymore, I woke up in the middle of the night to this ominous scratching sound (sighs) under my bed. (laughs) And I knew next door that way I'd had a mouse, but this sounded, if this was a mouse, it had Wellington boots on. No, hobnail boots on. It was so noisy. It scratched. At first I thought, oh, it's just going to be my neighbour, that side. You know, he's probably woken up in the middle. No. <laughs> it woke me up again at four o'clock and then again at five o'clock. Now, rats and me, we're incompatible. <laughs> no, I know some people love rats. I have heard of people who have rats for pets. That is not me. So... The next day, I called Andy to come, and Andy came, and he's very good at rats. He knows how to look into my floor, but it is a very old house. He looked into the cracks in the floorboards and said, oh, I can see where they've been. There's no cobwebs just there, and he knew what to do about them. Well, God spoke to me through my rats, as he does, (laughs) you know, and what he said was, Barbara, you've got rats in your thinking because there are some things about the love of God that are not compatible with, with my love. You cannot, you cannot put my love and some of your thinking together. So I want to talk about 
three, maybe four rats in my thinking that may possibly relate to you. You may have other rats in your thinking, but these were my, my three, possibly four. Um, I say possibly four because God reminded me of another one before I started to speak. So we'll, we'll see where we go with this. So my first rat is fear. You know, my first rat is fear. Fear stops me from really receiving the love of God. It, it distracts me. You know, when I've been fearful about things breaking down in the house and the house costing too much money that I haven't got and, and all the other stuff, fear isn't compatible with the love of God. It, John says it in the same place. He says, perfect love casts out fear. They don't live side by side. Fear will keep you awake at night. It will keep you focused on yourself. It will stop you from going out and, you know, love is costly sometimes. Love, often, love costs time. It costs money sometimes. It, it costs hospitality. It costs all sorts of things. But if you're fearful of not having enough, then, number one, it shows that you don't know the love of God, who loves to pour in as we pour out. And number two, it, it, it will stop you from, from fo- being able to focus away from yourself onto other people. So... Fear needs to go if I'm going to really receive the love of God for me. The second thing, the second rat in my thinking, uh, this one I have, I have the prize for. It's comparison. You know, when that, that sort of thinking that says, oh, Nick, Nick and Gareth, the way they pray, Al, the way he prays, Jenny, Colin, just looking along the line, you know, I, I'm not like that. I'm very quiet in prayer meetings. And, you know, and all the sorts of things that you're not. I, I'm Jackie and Ian, they're so good at opening their home and being hospitable. They're so brilliant. And you, know, you look at what you're not, <laughs> and you start comparing yourself with others. Well, God doesn't do that. And we're told that love doesn't envy. And nor does it do the other, the other thing, which is boasting. You know, well, actually, I do that better than they do. It doesn't do that. Love doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. And we need to stop comparing ourselves to, so that we can know that the love of God for us is unique and perfect. When I was a, a, a young woman, many, many years ago, <laughs> I, I had a, a Christian friend. She was just a lovely older lady. I, I expect she wasn't that old. <laughs> That's what I think now, but in those days she seemed quite old. And um, she, she believed in me. She prayed for me. She was a real woman of faith. She spoke into my life. She saw value in me that I'd never seen. I was just a totally insecure little wreck, but she loved me. And she died. And when she died, some of us younger women in the church were together talking about Rosemary. And what we discovered was we all felt the same. Rosemary had had this gift from God of being like God and being able to make people feel that they were unique, you know, that they were the one that, they, that she focused on specially. That was such a gift and such a picture for me of how God is. And you know what? There's something right in this. I'll just flip that. No, I won't bother to flip that because I might get it wrong. But um, in, in John's letter, do you, 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 some of you will remember that John... As a disciple, he wrote the book, the Gospel of John. And you remember what he called himself? The beloved disciple? Well, I discovered that that wasn't because John was necessarily more loved than the others, but John knew that he was loved. And actually, there's a little thing in this 
letter that we've just read where John calls us dear friends. Well, I discovered that it doesn't say dear friends in the original. It says a word, agapetos. Agapetos means beloved. And it's the word that God the Father used for Jesus at his baptism. He said, my son, the beloved, the agapetos. And you and I are agapetos. We are beloved. Al gave you a little practice earlier, but would you turn to the person next to you and say, did you know that you are God's beloved? (laughs) Sam. (laughs) So... You can definitely rely on the love of God. But there's another, there's, another, there's, another, um, there's another rat that can get into our thinking, and that's, that's bitterness. And it, it's so subversive and horrible. You know, God's love is long-suffering and patient. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. But don't we just keep a record of wrongs sometimes? I've, I've done prayer ministry for long enough to know that forgiveness is a huge thing. But do you know what I'd, I'd missed? Forgiveness also means forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself for not being perfect. Forgiving yourself for not being like somebody else. That, that works as well. I, I have some friends who um, are Christians who were taken to court recently um, as uh, I don't know how it works exactly, but there was, there was an employment tribunal. I don't know if any of you have had anything like that. They were, they were taken to a court by an employee, an ex-employee, who felt that they'd been um, unfairly dismissed. And these friends were saying, you know, we're really upset about this. We've tried to settle out of court because, um, because we know it's not right for Christians to go to non-believers and, and try each other, Paul says, why not rather be wronged? And I was thinking about this one morning. I was going out to sort the dustbins out, um, dustbin manager's been. I was thinking, isn't that just what we do? You know, we go over and over in our heads what somebody's done and why they shouldn't have done it and how dare they, how could they? I would never have done that. And all the rest of it, we go over and over. And, and as I went out, my neighbours had left a load of rubbish outside their dustbin. And I, straight away from thinking that, it was, how can they do that? <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. But it's so easy, isn't it? And I, and I believe, you know, especially in families and especially in our church families and our, our small groups, we need to be so careful that we don't give way to bitterness because, you know, we have an enemy and he knows nothing about relationship and family and unity and he hates that we do. It's a really precious thing to be part of a family church family, home family, whichever kind of family, we need to guard it. We need to guard what we say about each other, what we think about each other, how we deal with damages, which are bound to come because we're human beings and we're weak and we, we sin and we mess up, we make mistakes. We need to give grace to each other. We need to be people who are quick to forgive. So they're my, my three main rats, <laughs> fear, comparison, and bitterness. I guess unbelief is another one. You know, that can creep in. I don't really believe that God loves me. Love, 
believes all things, hopes all things, is there for people. God invites us in to receive his perfect love for us. And this has been my journey, especially over the last couple of months, learning that I can forgive myself for not for not being perfect. You know, if I've just eaten a whole packet of chocolate biscuits, yeah, okay, that's what I've done. I don't have to wait till tomorrow and hope I feel better in the morning. God loves me even then. Even in my weakest moments, he absolutely loves me. He absolutely loves you. We can be confident of that. Don't let any doubt about God's love stop you from receiving love for Him, from him. Because what he wants to do is to pour love in and pour it out through us to the margins. And I don't know where your margins are. I don't know whether it's a family member who's difficult or a work colleague, or maybe you've got a, like a subculture of society in your heart. Maybe there are people out on the streets that you want to reach. Maybe it's even a geographical margin for you that there's a people group somewhere that don't know the love of God that you want to reach out to. God wants to fill us and send us out. So we need to be able to receive love from him in its fullness. Now, I love what Mr. B at the back there, Mr. Barfoot, says about his mornings. He says, John says, yeah, I'm talking about you, John. John says that he sits on it, and he's got a chair, and he sits in it, and he lets God come and love him. And I love that. And there's a psalm, Psalm 90, where um, the psalmist is saying, oh, God, you're forever. Just teach us to know how short our lives are. And then it finishes up with these words, satisfy me in the morning with your unfailing love. That has become my prayer. At night and in the morning, I don't have a chair, John, but I do have this verse, satisfy me in the morning with your unfailing love. And then my next part of the prayer is, Lord, if you want to love through me today, just pour your love in. Help me to love really well. Well, I've forgotten what I was going to say next. Hold on a minute. Let me have, just have a look. Yeah, so just get your thinking changed. Deal with the rats. Get filled up with his love. And let's give it out to the people that we meet. John, it's interesting. John, who wrote this letter, he, he also wrote a message from Jesus to, the, to his church. You know, Jesus, you remember in the book of Revelation, Jesus comes and he gives messages to the church. And John was connected with Ephesus, I believe. And Jesus writes to the people in Ephesus. And he says, I know what you've gone through. I know how you've suffered. But I've got one thing against you. You've left your first love. And what he says to them is really interesting. He says, remember what you've, where you've fallen from. Repent. And then this is the bit that I want to grab hold of. Do again the things you did before. So what I'd say is if you feel like you're a bit lacking in love, think about your thinking. Have you got rats in it? Ask God to fill you up and just accept that love that he wants to pour in. It's for you. You're agapetos, you're beloved. And then do the things that you know look like love. Love looks like something. Love isn't just a fuzzy feeling. It has outcomes. It has people opening their homes to, to refugees. It has, it has people making food for people who have nothing. It has people asking if they can afford to pay for the rat man and the boiler repairs. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and love looks like something, doesn't it? So do the things that you know look like love. 
And if you don't feel it, don't worry, because the feelings may follow or they may not. But God will, it will back you up. He's right there to back you up. So I'm done. But I'd like to invite you to respond to God's love. So if you would like to, here's what I think the response could be. Firstly, if you've never known the love of God, you might want to open your hearts to that love today. He absolutely wants you to know him. He wants you to be part of his family. Don't leave it so that in the end you get before him and and you realize what you've missed. Don't let that happen to you. The only way to be sure of God's love is actually to invite him in. Secondly, you might know that you've got some rats in your thinking that you want God to deal with. That's possible. Or the third thing is you may just want to ask him to come and love through you, love well. Take up any challenge you get to love because God will, God will work through you. You know, I, I, I've got a feeling that we might need to know his love for each other more and more as the days, if the days are going to get darker. You know, we, we're going to need that love and God is going to work on us. He's going to prepare us. So there will be challenges because challenges make you strong, don't they, Jane? You go out running and you get stronger, don't you? <laughs> Not like me who doesn't do it. So if God gives you a challenge, a love challenge, then take it on. And if you've got challenging circumstances, like a house move that isn't moving, then accept it. It's not God against you. It's God working in you to make you strong in your understanding of his love. So if you want to respond this morning to God's love, would you like to stand with me? And I'll, I'll pray for all of us. God, I want to thank you that you love us with a love that is like no other. I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you love us so much that you come to dwell within us. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life. You totally gave your life and you totally give us everything that we need to live a life that is love poured out from you, received from you and poured out. Father, I pray for anyone who needs to know you in a salvation way, that you would speak deep in their hearts. Lord, we need you for life. We need you. Lord, those who know that there are rats in their thinking, Lord, we just give you those ways of thinking that aren't compatible with your love. Come and deal with us, Lord. Come and deal with our rat thinking. And let us be able to rely on the love that you want to pour into us and pour through us. And Lord, where we're ready to take up the challenge, give us eyes to see who you want to love through us. Give us hearts that are willing to go that extra mile, to speak out, to go to the streets, to do whatever it is you ask us to do. Lord, we're ready. Come and fill us. Lord, I pray that all over this room, Holy Spirit, you would come and you'd move in hearts. You'd move in hearts. You'd, re- you'd confirm in us the love that you have for us. And you would so fill us that we can't do anything but go and love the ones that you put in front of us. Lord, the difficult ones, the, 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 the ones who are so constantly hard. Lord, give us hearts that will forgive, that will go after the lost like you do. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just come and minister all over this room. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit.